welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut LP from an artist who goes by the name Biba Doobie called Fake It Flowers and the opening track is called Care. It's been since I've talked about it Maybe it's time to cooperate I need some help to forget about it I don't want your sympathy Stop saying you give a shit Cause you don't really care This first track is such a polished throwback to the 90s, and it is coming from an artist who was not alive in the 90s. Yeah, I think maybe this is the first artist we've ever talked about who was born in the 21st century. That is actually quite possible, and it is very much you know a 21st century story of someone who apparently didn't start playing music until she was in high school. and Well, she played the violin. Okay, she didn't start playing the guitar until high school. My apologies. So she certainly had the musical chops, but didn't have the guitar chops necessarily to begin with, but started noodling on guitar, got attention, got signed really quickly at like 17. And then, you know, very 2000 or very 2020 is the having, I think, one of her very earliest songs get sampled by a rapper that blew up on TikTok. And so that's how she got most notoriety and it's funny because that those early songs are very much just teenager noodling in her bedroom kind of zero production so to hear this incredibly produced full band experience wasn't quite what I expect although I guess she has been kind of polishing through these EPs but it's quite a journey given that the entire first signing to this first LP is what like two or three years Yeah, the focus is all on her. Her name is Beatrice Laos, which I may come back to because saying Biba Doobie makes me feel ridiculous. But she she's the focus of all the attention on this album. And obviously she wrote all the songs and she's doing the guitar and vocals. But if you look at the credits, there are a ton of other musicians backing her up and giving this album a lot of muscle. But, you know, she's 20 years old. So not that any artist should get dinged for getting a lot of support. But I think she is young and she's still finding her sound. And I would not expect her to be able to lead a full band with a sound like this. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty remarkable. And it, and it is, you know, it's sort of that open question because there are, uh, I mean, she plays the guitar, but also one of the producers is credited with also guitars. So who's doing what? I'm not sure. But I think it's her. I trust that it's her vision, maybe with a little guidance. And it's again, remarkably assured statement for this young artist. So again, this is very, you know, a lyrical sentiment of just like a little bit bratty. You don't even care. But it is, I think, someone trying to get out there and establish, you know, her independence, trying to separate the people who are genuine from people who are fake and trying to get out there into the real world. And hopefully that means she has a head on her shoulders for being a musician at this young an age. And I think that same sort of 
urge to establish her own self and her own dependence is the real through line on the next track we'll play. It's called Diet Red. came out in like 1994 I would have believed you and I think that's part of why it appeals to me is you don't get as much of that 90s indie rock guitar sound as much anymore I feel like that latest Bully album really hit that mark for me but that's a song that's a sound that's always going to appeal to me yeah there's that I thought that first record we played that the production was very polished but very kind of tight and this has a very loose expansive sound that gets into almost like a shoegazy sheen over it even though her lyrics i think are very clean and poppy within that and the entire sentiment and sunniness of the sentiment here is again it's just the statement of independence like you you kind of this this guy she's with who kind of sucks and like actually uh i'm gonna go out there and find someone better and really find and it's not even about who i'm with it's about me and my own happiness and it's it's you know maybe not the most a mature but also encouraging like a 20 year old girl should be figuring stuff out and saying, I'm not a girl, I'm a woman and I don't need some drunk doofus telling me what to do. And it's yeah, good for her. I think the combination of the more muscular guitars and backing, backing musicianship really works well with her high girly voice. I think you know, her earlier stuff when she was putting out EPs and just kind of getting some songs out there were very bedroom recording acoustic. And I think it doesn't work as well. Like you have that very high pitched voice. You have to balance it out. And I think she's doing that really well on this record. Yeah, it's the, again, finding that the sweet spot of this, yeah, this voice that, you know, if you, based on the those early tracks, you could imagine going to a much different sound and I think it was a smart choice to go embrace the rock and and embrace that duality of the cutesy and the hard rock together and I do love that even as it's you know I'm gonna embrace my maturity and I'm very self-assured woman and also you're not cute and so there's a little bit of kind of twisting the knife a little bit of brattiness mixed in there with the adulthood and strength as a woman and that's it's very cute and i think self-aware so the next track we'll play is called charlie brown mm-hmm. 
clearly a very personal track where she's digging into some bad habits, some personal pain. And it's, I think one of the things that's a little tough with an artist who's kind of this young and getting blown up that she has this backstory that seems so kind of cinematic where it's like, Oh, she was a troubled teen who got it and she was getting kicked out of school. And then her dad gave her a guitar and that inspired her to turn her life around and become an artist and, and blow up this way. And yet you hear a song like this and like whatever she was going through was clearly really painful. And it's, you, you get that, that raw emotion I think comes from a, re, a, a real place and a dark place, but she's working through whatever it was <laughs> through art. And it's, it's really inspiring. I think that's a lot of the charm of this album is that the genuineness of being a teenager and having the intensity of these emotions on th- about things that in retrospect might not have been such a big deal, but that you really feel things so intensely. And there's a very uh, almost corny song on here about her boyfriend that we're not going to play. That's it's almost it's too much. It's it's what you would write to your first like serious boyfriend. And 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 I really like that. I really like that she's expressing herself in this way in this era where I think a lot of young women are encouraged to present this very polished edited version of themselves on social media or whatever she's just kind of expressing herself yeah. in a more authentic way and of course I think even the I think part of the story is that she Bibadoobie came from when she was picking her Instagram <laughs> profile and she's like oh what am I going to call myself I don't want to use my full name so this is my name I'll use I don't know if that's true. And that's, again, it's like when you have a, I think one of the things that it might, with a young artist who's getting this kind of promotion and she's mm-hmm. like, I guess, was going to tour with the 1975 mm-hmm. and clearly is being set up as like the next big thing. And I, there's a certain part of me that rebels against that. And like, you don't tell me what to like. But then when she's this open with herself and even the title of the song, that's like, uh, whatever difficulty she was having, apparently she really found solace in Charlie Brown and Snoopy and how they were there for each other. And she has a tattoo of it because it meant something to her. And it's again, I, it's hard for me to stay cynical yeah. with that ki- just kind of openness as an artist. And so I think, yeah. yeah. As, and a self-awareness <laughs> of that emotional openness is in the title of the next track we'll play, which is called Emo Song.
interesting. The artist said in an interview about this song that originally this is originally this was going to be another heavy one, but Pete, who's the producer, suggested making it a super sad and slow one. The songs at this point all bleed into one another, and I did that on purpose because they were all made together. The song talks about my childhood and how it affected me during my teenage life and what I did to kind of just drag myself of everything that happened to me. So I think it, it was funny when we were talking about what songs to pick for to talk about on the podcast. I noticed that the the song there's like like three songs here in the middle that just sort of ran together for me and didn't really stand out. And it's interesting to hear her say that that was a choice and that she had a very different approach that the producer had a strong influence in, which is kind of what we went back to earlier of like how much of this is her own vision and how much is the producer and um, other participants influence. And yeah, again, when, when someone is just starting out, I think if you, as long as you're learning from the right people and Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this, I'm not like not someone with an incredibly long, um, it's Pete Robertson doesn't have an amazing uh, long resume including like a fair bit of, I guess, some soundtrack music and the vaccines, a band I've never heard of. And, but you know, obviously someone who had a good head on his shoulder and able to give some advice of, yeah, you kind of mix it up a little bit. And I really appreciate that. I think that a lot of these songs, yeah, they're very maxed out in terms of volume, very high pace. And this just slows down a little bit. And I really like how after embracing the kind of nineties, hard rock vibe on so many of these tracks here, we go in kind of two different directions where it's the acoustic guitar. And so it feels a little more personal but then it also gets pretty cosmic with that kind of echoing, mm-hmm. very electronic sounds that we hear coming out of the chorus. Mm-hmm. And the combination of those two, I think, really give it us, again, it's the, the where we've been pretty anchored in the 90s. Here we feel timeless. Like it could be the 80s. It could be, an, you know, right now. And mm-hmm. it, it seems appropriate for a, being a little more introspective and still clearly processing what was tough in her life and just trying still trying to get through it and that's not always easy just saying i'm done with you isn't the end like you have to do the work so the next song is called sorry and it sort of continues in this group here in the middle i hope to come and see you when you stay doing great doing
loud, quiet, loud thing really well here. And that's also a very 90s thing. And we picked the part to play of the song where it goes from this orchestral, I don't know if that's synthetic strings or regular well, they're, strings. They're a string section oh, okay. credited. Yeah, and to, to the more rockin'. And I like how she experiments with some different sounds throughout this record, but always comes back to the guitar. And she she said in an interview, and I'm just going to read the quote because it's very cute. She says, my very traditional Asian family had the classic way of thinking, play an orchestra instrument or be a doctor. Today, people start off making beats on a laptop, but hopefully I encourage young people to pick up the guitar and rock out. YouTube tutorials are a great way to develop your own style and go at your own pace. Oh, no, that's great to encourage people. And yeah, it's this is. Yeah, the rock here is very much rock, but I, you know, I like the the give and take between the really orchestral sweetness and then the dark thundering guitars. Also, I really appreciate here, like thematically on the album, there's so much. The first half of the album is her, you know, surviving and like I, you know, I had troubles and I got out and I'm strong and I'm a capable woman, and this is this bittersweet look back on the people she left behind and like oh the you know I survived and I got better and some of the people I knew didn't and a little bit of survivor's guilt Mm -hmm. and you know that she can be triumphant and sad at the same time and it's again I think more emotional nuance than I expect from a 20 year old and it makes for a a really rocking kind of one-two punch here at the middle of the album of the emo song which is, mm-hmm. is very, it doesn't sound like emo to me, but it is very mm-hmm. emotional and very sweet and sad. And then this is sorrowful and angry and still kind of triumphant. Mm-hmm. It's a really impressive kind of peak to the, at the middle of the album. Yeah, and then she moves back into what I think her earlier songs sounded like with a much more quiet and acoustic track called How Was Your Day? love how this is really just her and her guitar and and then I put on some decent headphones and then there in fact is a lot of this atmospheric synth happening around that super low-tech analog recording it's a subtle touch but I think yeah if it just I think it was just enough production to make it feel elevated from just a home recording 
Yeah, I love the the reason that I I wanted to play the end of the song there is because I think that she has even more little hiccups and and kind of mistakes in her voice, and she even seems like she laughs a little bit when she hits hits the note wrong, and it it's just very charming. And as I said, authentic authenticity is one of the words that keeps coming back to me with this record. Where even though there's a lot of people involved, it's very heavily produced. She's clearly getting a lot of support. You feel like this is an authentic expression, and she's a young person who is feeling these emotions very intensely and i feel like she's expressing them authentically through her music yeah and the confidence to put herself out there with yeah this is me not cleaned up Mm -hmm. not polished making mistakes and powering through and so in its own quiet way it's uh inspirational and it comes right before the penultimate track which i think is my favorite track on the record which is called together and it's a real real change up in tone here towards the end of the album That weird little organ interlude towards the end we wanted to include because once again this could be sort of a classic 90s sounding pop song but she throws in these touches that just make each of these tracks more interesting and just make them a little give them a little bit more personality and I think that is my thought throughout this whole record it's not perfect but it really shows the beginning of an artist who is young and has a lot of room to develop but has a lot of potential and is great at writing these songs with hooks that just there's there's just a lot there that I'm excited to see how she grows. Yeah, it's one of those things like I there's part of me that's nervous because she's so young and it's so I think it is so hard in the music industry to get kind of pushed into uh getting kind of pigeonholed and I think this is an album that very much says though 
I am aware of that risk and I am upfront saying you are not going to do that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if I want to be weird and raw, I'm going to do it. If I want to be poppy, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to put my own spin on it. And it leads to things like this really rollicking rock track suddenly turning into why is that there? <laughs> but I'm asking it with the biggest smile on my face. And that's a, a good place to be as we're coming into the tail end of this album. It is uh if she just keeps surrounding herself with good people in her personal life, I know she, you know, the song we played sounds like she's really in love with her current boyfriend. Hopefully he's good to her and these producers and collaborators. Wait, is that what you got from it? Because I think it was supposed to be more about like a, a bad relationship and coming back to a bad relationship. But Oh, I mean the song we didn't play. Oh, this, oh, song, sorry. oh this song is about a bad, bad yeah, relationship. Yeah. The song I thought we, you saw the song this we, song that no, we the song, played. No, the song we didn't play, but it was part in part because it was so sweet, almost sickly sweet. And I think these songs that have more edge, that have the darkness in them, I think that's where she really excels as a songwriter and as a performer. And that I, I'm glad that she she's feeling well enough to write a sickly sweet song, but well, and also it's, it, she has to work within the confines of her voice. And I always remember, um, you, you know, like the singer from Radiohead talking about how he saw it as a little bit of a liability that his voice is so pretty and it restricted him and what he could sing. And I think because her voice is so high and girly, it works best when it's, in these more muscular, more dark musical backgrounds rather than the really sickly sweet songs because the content with her voice is just a little bit much. And again, that that level of self-awareness. And so the combination of her, you know, these obvious statements of musical independence and the wisdom to, yeah, find the balances against her weaknesses as a performer, perhaps, and the finding collaborators who are able to lift her up without stepping on her voice and if she can keep doing those things it's just really encouraging and as much as I, I think I said before like I part of me really rebelled against this sort of very label pushed radio friendly pop take on the 90s kind of dredging it up and turning it into this product but you know art and commerce mix and I think that there's art here and this is an artist to watch for sure and I just appreciate the fact that she's playing guitar rock at a time when a lot of artists her age are focusing on more electronic sounds. And it's this is the style of music that will always be my favorite because it's the music of my youth. And so seeing a young artist who's interested in keeping that sound going is just makes me happy. Yeah, that's a smile on my face and hope in my heart for her rock music as popular music going forward into the 2020s yes so we're gonna go out with the last the last track which is called yoshima forest magdalene and it's a noisy one (laughs) and we've been discussing the debut lp from an artist called biba doobie and you've been listening to for the record part of the bff.fm podcast network thank you so much for listening
This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.